Okay, so let's start. Uh, we are in the new Mishnah, in the new Perek, in the new volume, <laughs> everything new today. So, page 115a, actually is A2. So the Mishnah said like this, Kol Kitzve HaKodesh. This is, it's a famous name of a, a title of a, a chapter, All Scriptures. And this will remain the Tanakh, and the word Kol includes the Nevim, not only the five books of Moshe, but also the Nevim, the prophets, and the Ksuvim, the writings. Okay? Matzilin Osam Atleika. Might be saved if there's a fire on Shabbos. So, a person might think, oh, there's a fire, you can put it down on Shabbos. We're going to say you cannot. Obviously, if it's Pikuach Nefesh, you can. But most of the cases, when it's not Pikuach Nefesh, you cannot put off the fire. And you have to leave all your belongings behind. So this, the Mishnah says exceptions. Look at the very end of Uno number one, that it is only these two details of Shabbos restrictions. One of them is the limitations of saving things from a fire. And the second one, the prohibition of carrying things into a mavoi, lacking a shituv, meaning to say, taking out from private domain to a mavoi can be considered private, but without a eruv, shituv. Only those two rabbinical prohibitions regarding this Tanakh Svarim, you're going to be able to break. But any other laws of Shabbos, they're still there. So that's going to be the topic of the Mishnah and the topic of the Gemara today. The situations and which exactly types of Svarim of the Tanakh can be saved from a fire. Again, a fire breaks on Shabbos. A person can take this for them not to get burned. Bein Shekorim Ubein Shenan Korim Bein and we're dealing either the ones that you can read, or that mostly means the Nevi'im, or the ones you cannot read them, which is Exuvim. Meaning to say that in Aftara, in Shul, there's never Exuvim, there's never uh, scriptures. Ketuvim, how is in English? Uh, the writings, that is the word. There's no writings. Look, the Ashkenazi custom is we do once a year Cholamed Pesach with Ushirashirim, Cholamed Yontev Shavuos with Uruth, and so forth. But besides that, people wouldn't read the Ksuvim. So it doesn't matter whether it's the Nevim or the Ksuvim, you can save them. Abagav, Sheikh Subim Bicholashon, and even though they're written in any language other than Hebrew. This is going to be the topic of today. Now, Teunim uh, Gniza. Now, this last part of the Mishnah, we're going to see in the Gemora whether it's a continuation of the beginning of the Mishnah or, or it's a thing on its own, that these uh, books, even in foreign language, can, they need to be putting Shemos. Igniza, uh, hidden away, meaning to say they cannot just be thrown on the rubbish. And the last thing, why? So why don't we read from them? Uh, this is going back to the Ksuvim, to the writings. Why Hahamim made a little bit of a kind of, 
people shouldn't read the writings on Shul, on Shabbos, because of the neglect of the Beis HaMedrash. So in the footnotes they explain that on Shabbos, the people didn't have to work, so there was a time that people had some extra time to learn. And Chachamim wanted people to learn Alacha, which is more important and more relevant. So if people would be learning the Ksuvim, the writings, which is something that is Moshe Chesalev, that is very interesting. So people might not go to the Alaha Shiur because they want to hear the Ksuvim Shiur on, on, on their own. So that's why people said, no, don't learn Ksuvim, don't read Ksuvim on Shabbos and go to the Alaha Shiur. So that is the Mishnah. Let's move on to the Gemara. Itmar is a machlokis over here between two opinions. Ayuksuvim Targum of Echolashon. If these scrolls that the Mishnah is speaking about were written in either Aramaic, even though it says Targum, translation, but usually when the, the Mishnah, the Gemara says Targum means Aramaic because it's the main translation to other language. That was the language that you spoke in those days, like the English today. So you had the writings in Aramaic or in any other language besides Hebrew. So according to Rabuna, Rabuna says, Because they don't have the same level of Kedusha, because they're in other languages, those you cannot save from, save from a fire on Shabbos. But Rabchizah says, no, you should save them, because uh, they're still, they're holy. Let me tell you already something they're going to say later on in the footnotes. This argument was in those days that uh, there were two things. First of all, oral Torah wasn't permitted to be written. And second of all, most people knew Hebrew. But nowadays that uh, many people don't know Hebrew, and let's take an example. We're doing now the Gemara with our scroll. So nowadays, the Kedusha, let's say you have over here the Tanakh in English, right? Well, also has Hebrew. But let's say you only have the one in English. Nowadays, we, we also consider Sfarim Sifre Kodesh in other languages to be as important, and you can say them from a fire. But the, the, the Gemara, the Machokis we're about to see now is in those days. Let me just make another observation which is very important. There are three levels over here that the, the Mishnah is referring to. One level is whether you can read that in Shul or not. That was the, what the Mishnah was speaking about openly, that uh, we read in Shul five books of Moshe, the Sefer Torah, we read the Nevi'im in the Aftores, but we don't read the Ksuvim in Shul. So that is one level, about reading them on Shul. There's a second level, that is the Ilho Shabbos, if there's a fire, if you can save them from the fire or not. And there's a third level, which is things that you have to put in Kedusha, in, in, in Gniza, I'm sorry, in Shemois. So the, now the Gemara is going to go back and forth between these three topics. So not to get confused, we have to, we have to keep them in mind. Whether something is being read on Shul, secondly, if something can be saved from fire on Shabbos, and thirdly, not even on Shabbos, Bichlan not on Shabbos, during the week, uh, if you put in Shemos writings. So 
Machlakes Rabuna and Rabhiza regarding something getting burned on Shabbos, if it's in any other language besides Hebrew, if you can save it or not, according to Rabuna, you cannot. According to Rabhiza, you do have to save it. Says the Gemara, Aliva the man de Omar nitrally crossed by in the Kuliama Lopligi de Matsilin. Now, there's going to be a Machlekes, nothing to do with our Mishnah, regarding if you can read translations of Tanakh. So there's one opinion that says that you can, yes, read from translations into other languages of the Tanakh. And again, we're dealing in a time when it was forbidden to write oral Torah. So according to the opinion that you can write Sifre Kodesh, Tanakh, in other languages besides Hebrew, and you can read them, so for sure nobody's going to argue that there are some level of holiness and you should save them. Keep ligi aliba de mandiamar lodid no likrosvain. But the whole argument between Rabhiz and Rabuna is according to the opinion that a person is not permitted to read in other uh, languages. Look in the footnote number eight. This is a Mishnah Megillah. There's a Machlokis over there. If uh, even Sifrei Torah can be written in other languages, over there in, in Megillah Tanakama says you can, but Ramashimur Gamaliel holds only in Greek. So says the Gemara that. Uh, so, Gemara, let me just keep on reading the footnote in the next page. Gemara states that according to the Tana, which is Tarakam over there, that there can, be, there can be no question that these translations might be rescued because it's permitted to write in other languages. And, uh, and if you can write them in other languages, I mean, you can also read them in other languages. So, they have the same status of any Hebrew scrolls and might be saved. But it's only according to Rabbi Shimon Eliel that any other language besides Greek, uh, Tanakh cannot be written on scrolls. So that is the machlokes over here. Can you save a scroll, let's say written in English, of, of any of the books of the Tanakh, probably even the Chumash, or not? So according to Rabuna, you can't. And according to Rabhiza, you can. You should do. So that's the Gemona says. Rabuna, Rabuna Amar in Matilin. Rabuna holds, you might not save them. They are not need to lick since they might not be rare. This is according to Rabashiba Mangamliel over there. And Rabhiza Amar Matilin, according to Rabhiza, you can just save them. Even though, according to Rabashiba Mangamliel, you shouldn't write them. Nevertheless, Hosea Rabhiza, we shouldn't be Zion Kisra Kodesh. In account of a disgrace of a holy scriptures. So, okay, according to Rameshim Mugamiliel over there, you are not allowed to write Sifre Kodesh in other languages, but if they, they did, for you to let them get burned, it, it's, it's a disgrace. So you should save them in Shabbos. So the Gemara brings the first challenge against Rabuna. Tnan says our Mishnah, Any holy scriptures might be saved on Shabbos, if there's a fire. And continues the Mishnah. Whether we read from them, or whether we don't read from them. And continues the Mishnah. And even though they're written in any language. 
So says the Gemara, my love. So what is the meaning of the Mishnah? So let's go back to the beginning of the Mishnah. Shekorim Bahen and Nevim. When the Mishnah said whether there are books that we that Sfarim that we read from them. So what does it mean Shekorim Bahem? This is the Nevim. These are the Nevim, the, the prophet's scrolls that we're using for the Aftara. And then when the Mishnah said the Korim Bahem, and also the ones that we don't read on them on Shabbos. So what is that? The Ksuvim, as we said, the writings. <coughs> And then the next sentence of the Mishnah. So already the Mishnah said like this: any holy text we say them, whether we read from them, that's the Nevim; whether we don't read by, of them, that's the writings, the Ksuvim. And then the next sentence of the Mishnah: Abel Ksuvim And even though they are greeting in any language, so what what is this come to include? The Lonid only cross by him. The Mishnah must be speaking about the, the books that you might not read from them. And according to the simple understanding, this must be, according to Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel, any other Kisve Kodesh, uh, holy books, that get written not in Hebrew and not in Greek. And then what the Mishnah says regarding that, and the Mishnah says at the end of the list of these three different Books, you might save them. So, this a refutation to Rabuna that he says, according to Rashi Mangaliel, you couldn't. Says the Gemara, Rabuna would reply to you, Do you really think that this is Pshat on the Mishnah? So, then how you understand the last part of the Mishnah, which is the Seifa, Ima Seifa, says, And this. You, nothing to do with Chavez anymore, just letting us know that you have to put him in Shemois. You have to put him in Geniza. They have a level of Kedusha. You have to hide him away. You cannot just dump him in the rubbish. So says Rabuna, according to the way you're learning the Mishnah, that is referring about those three things, I won't repeat them. And that you can save them from the fire. So says Ravuna, Ashta, Atsuli Matzelinan. The mission is telling us that those three types of books, you have to save them from the fire. So then the mission needs to tell me at the end, Gneza, my boy, that also in a weekday, when you need to get rid of them, you cannot throw them away, you have to put them in Shemos, in Gneza. Do I need to know that? It's obvious. If they have a level of a Kedusha, that you save them from a fire on Shabbos, it's obvious that. When you want to get rid of them, you cannot just dump them in the rubbish. So that cannot be pshat on the Mishnah the way you read it. Rather, both of them have to learn the Mishnah in a different way, not the way they initially the Gemara thought and brought a cash against Rabuna. Rather, it's like this. According to Rabuna, this is how you learn the Mishnah. The same thing, as you said previously, whether there are books that you read on them, which is the prophets, and whether you don't read by him on Shabbos in the shul, which is the Ksuvim, the writings, all of them might be saved. Okay? Now, here, the Mishnah really is missing some few words, 
And it's kind of a Hesel Merzel of Yachiketan. It's kind of the formula we've been used that says, and we're missing some words in the Mishnah. Now, according to Rabuna, this is the word missing in the Mishnah. After the Mishnah spoke about the Nevim and the Ksuvim, that you can save them from the fire, now add the following words in the Mishnah. In which case, these words were said, meaning to say that you can save them from a fire. And also continue adding these words that are not in the Mishnah, they were missing from the Mishnah. Only when these scrolls were written in Hebrew. And then go back to what the Mishnah already has. But if they're written in any other language, you have to also add these words that are not in the Mishnah, according to Rabuna. You cannot save them if they're written in other language besides Hebrew or Greek. And nevertheless, concludes the Mishnah, but this type of books, you cannot say them from a fire, but also required to be hidden away in Shemois once you cannot, you don't want to use them anymore. This is the way Rabuna would learn the Mishnah. Rabbi Hiza is going to learn the Mishnah in the following way. This is the same way that we learned before, that when the Mishnah said whether those you read are the Nevim and whether those you don't read are the Ksuvim. And continues the Mishnah. The way we thought initially, <clears throat> and even though they're greeting, this is a simple Pshat in the Mishnah in any language, you can still save them. This is what the Mishnah came to teach us, the way initially we thought. And this is regarding the last point of the Mishnah. They hear a question on me, what about the Gniza? It's obvious that if you can save them on Shabbos, you can also, you have to also put them in Gniza. So the Mishnah is telling us is uh, not regarding these books, rather, Now, at the end of the Mishnah, is referring not to the books themselves, but rather it's talking about the decay. Meaning to say, if you have any decay particles of these scrolls, that because they're eating by worms, also that has to go into the Gniza, uh, into the Shemois, have to be hidden away. So with this, according to Rav Hiza, that he was learning the Mishnah in a simple way, the, the last part of the Mishnah, obviously is not speaking about the previous books, that you can save them from the fire, because if you can save them from the fire, obviously, you also, when you don't use them, you have to put them in Gniza. The very last part of the Mishnah was referring to part of being eaten by worms. Even that has to go to the, to the Gniza. The Gemara brings another challenge to Rabune Meisibi. This is from Abraisa. Ayuksuvim Targum. If these books were written in Aramaic, Vecholashoin, and any other language, you save them from a fire. So it's explicit. This is from this price refutation, clearly to Rabuna's opinion. So no, Rabuna can tell you, Aitana, yeah, you know why? Because the author of this Mishnah is not Rabban Shimon Ben Gabriel. 
We already said at the beginning of presenting this argument that everybody agrees, both Ravun and Ravhiza, that according to the Tanakama of Ederit Megillah, that is permitted to write books in other languages, so also is permitted to read them. So says Ravuna, this Bryce, is that opinion? Is it Tanakama? This is the Tana that maintains that any translations might be written and also might be read. And that's why, according to him, they can be saved from the fire. But I, says Ravuna, was talking at all. The Gemara brings another kasha, Tashma, Komalen, another proof for Abhiza. Ayuksuvim, this is another Braisa. Ayuksuvim, Guftis, Modis, Ivris, Elomis, Oyevanis. If you have these scrolls written either in Coptic, look in the phone number 16, there was like an ancient Egyptian, or Midian, or Ivris. Ivris is like from Abba from Mesopotamia, and this is like the old scripture of the Hebrew before Ezra introduced the Lashon Ashuris, which is the one we use now for Sifretura Mezuzos. It's called Ivris, an old Hebrew, or Elamean, or Greek. Now, regarding the Greek, it's a little bit of a cash over here, because even Raman Shimon Ben Gamaliel holds that you can write it in Greek. So we have to answer, look in the footnotes, that it must be that according to Raman Shimon Gamaliel, only Sifrei Torah, the five books of Moshe, can be written in Greek, but not Tanakh or Ksuvim. So, Aval P. Shmuel Shalom Alechem, we're in 115A4. So, Aval P. I'm sorry? One one five a four in the second paragraph. Okay, so we're challenging Ravuna Shmuel to understand what's going on over here. You're gonna have to catch it from the beginning, but soon we're gonna start a new topic. Okay, so this is a cash against Rav Hiza. Are you? I know this is a proof to Rav Hiza. It says in the Brisa, if they're written in Coptic, Median, Ivris, Elamian. Or Greek, Avalpi Sheloi Nituli Kreuzbain, even though a person might not read from them, which it seems to be, this is Avanshimo Mangamliel, Matsilinoisa Mimne Adleka. Nevertheless, you can save them from a fire on Shabbos, Tiufta de Ravuna. This is a complete open refutation to Ravuna. This is clearly Ravanshimo Mangamliel, that you are not allowed to read them. And nevertheless, he says, you can save them from a fire. So Amalekha Rabune, Rabune would say to you, you're right, but also this is a Tanai. They're going to find two Tanaim that they argue regarding the, this point. And this Tana, you're right, is like Rabuna. But I'm going to bring you, now this is like Rabhiza, but I'm going to bring you another Tana that holds just like me. The Tanya, listen to the following Bryce. Ayuksubim Targun Ubecholashon Matsilimoisamibneadleka. Either get written in Aramaic or any other foreign language. You might send them from a fire. This is the Tanakama, just like we said previously, like Rabuna also. But Rabyesi Aime, Rabyesi holds, no, Emalikinosamibneadleka. So Rabuna says, I hold like Rabyesi. That you don't save them. 
If they're in any other languages, you don't say them of Shabbos. Just to end up this b'risa, the b'risa is going to continue with the story. Amar Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said, Maise be'aba chalafta. It was happening with my father. His name was Chalafta. Shalach etzel Rabban Gamliel Rabbi. He went to visit Rabban Gamliel. Rashi explains, look in the footnotes, Berebi doesn't mean the son of Rabbi Danasi. <laughs> Even though Rabbi Danasi had a son, Gamliel, it's, it's really Berebi is a title. It wasn't, it wasn't the son of Rabbi Danasi. So we're going to see soon who he was. So again, Halafta, the father of Rabbi Yossi, went to visit uh, Rabban Gamliel in Tiberia, in Tiberias. And he found he was sitting in the table of Yohanan Anazov, Targum, and they had a translation of the book of Eob, of Job, in Aramaic. And they were reading it. So when, when Rav Halafta saw them, Omar Loi, so he told Rav Gamliel, Zachodani Beram Gamliel, Abi Abija. I remember with your grandfather Rabban Gamliel that he was sitting in uh, standing, I'm sorry, on a step of the Temple Mount looking for the number 22 they bring away the, the lineage. So, footnote number 22. This Rabban Gamliel of the story that was reading Yehov in Aramaic lived during the time of the Temple he was Rabban Gamliel the Elder, and he was the grandfather of Rabban Gamliel who lived at the time of Rabban Chalavt. So, so this is Rabban Gamliel, the, the, the one of Rabban Chalavt, that we're telling the story of what happened with his grandfather. And this Rabban Gamliel, in turn, was the grandfather of Rabbi Udanasi. So, so he tells, Rabbi Halafta tells this Rabban Gamliel, how can you be reading Eov in Aramaic if I remember that once your grandfather was reading it in Aramaic in a step on the Temple Mount? I'm sorry. So he was standing over there and they brought to him, to your grandfather, Eov in Aramaic. He said, get, get, get that book out of here. He instructed the builder that was working nearby, bury that under the row of bricks. Meaning to say, it's forbidden to have Eov, one of the Sfarim of the Tanakh in Aramaic, do Gniza with it, bury it. So we see it's forbidden. Okay? The Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudah Omer, one second. No. And and he and they hid it away. This is going back to the case of the grandson, the Rabban Gamel Barredi, when he heard from Rabbi Halafta, how can you read it if your grandfather said you can't? So he also put it away. So with this, Rabbi Yossi is bringing a proof from his father that is forbidden to have books of the Tanakh in Aramaic. Just to end up that b'raisa, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yudhi Oimer, Areva Sheltit Kafualav. Just to clarify that story, in the story they say, they overturned upon it, the, the Rabban Gamliel, the elder, that was in the Beit HaMikdash, they threw 
on 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 it clay a throw of clay overturned upon that sefer Yob. and just commenting on that whatever that for sure wasn't the case because first of all not like Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yuda. First of all, Chada Yechitid Barabais Minayin. According to you, from where did they get clay in the Temple Mountain in the story of Rav Gamliel Delder? Looking for the number twenty-five. That clay is a mixture of earth and water, and was not employed for building the temple. Rather, they should have used over there lime and sand. So that that's not accurate. And second of all, it's, it's, it's permitted to destroy them with, by, by putting sand directly on top of them. That for sure wasn't the case. Rather, you leave them in an unguarded place. The, these Svarim, according to them, that you are not allowed to translate them. Leave them just somewhere for them to decay on their own accord. So, so, so far we end up that price. So, just to remember, according to Rabuna, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. There may be a Tana that argues with me, but I hold like Rabbi Yossi. So, let's continue the Gemara Mantanai. So, if Rabuna follows one Tana and Rafhiza follows another Tana. So which one follows what? Says the Gemora. Ilema, let's move on to page B. Ilema Tanakama. Merabi Yoisi. If you want to tell me that Rafhiza follows Tanakama, that he is the one that permitted translations to be read in other languages. And Rabbi Yoisi was like Rabuna, Rabuna like Rabbi Yoisi, they are not forced to say that. Why? But you know what can be the the machlekes over there? Mar sabar and noli cross by him. According to the Tanakama, you can read them. Mar sabar lo noli cross by him, and according to Rabbi Yosi, you cannot read them. But maybe neither of them holds like Rabbi Hiza, that that uh, translation might be saved on Shabbos. Again, <coughs> it's a, a, a greater degree to permit somebody from saving on Shabbos fr- so, something from the fire. So it could be that it can be read, but it doesn't mean, like Rav Kizik wants to say, that you can save them from the fire. <laughs> Rather, says the Gemara, No, what I say is the other way around, I'm sorry. That maybe they can they cannot be read, but you should yes save them from the fire. Yeah, that is the point. Maybe you cannot read them, but you can definitely yes save them from the fire. Look at the end of the number two. That the Allah follows Abuna. That <clears throat> In those days, they wouldn't save them in other languages. But nevertheless, due to the general decline in the level of scholarship and the fact that many Jews have become unfamiliar with the, with the Hebrew, so the rabbis subsequently permitted writings 
writing the scriptures in other languages like we, today we have our scroll in English and uh, accordingly translations may be saved from the fire nowadays that's Allah <coughs> just to end of the previous sugya rather the gift is rather when the Gemara said initially that there's a machloikes tanaim, it meant that one holds like Rabbi Yossi, that is Rav Una holds like Rabbi Yossi, and the Tana on the Brisa, on the previous Brisa, that spoke about the Coptic and other all the other languages. That was the previous Brisa. So. Yeah. The the brisa the, the brisa that I'm looking at the bottom of the phone number three. The brisa that supported Ravhiza, what is the was the previous brisa? Because we just said now that in the last brisa there's no proof for Ravhiza. So Gemara says you're right. The proof for Ravhiza is in the previous one, in the one that we saw that can be translated into other languages and read in other languages. Okay, now the Gemara continues its discussion of which writings may be saved from a fire on Shabbos. Tarabanan, Abrahos Vekmein. So blessings and amulets. Look in the footnotes. Again, going back to the times when it was forbidden to write anything of Torah. That was before the times of Rabbi Udanasi. Only from the times of Rabbi Udanasi that he wrote the Mishnah, from then on, he became permitted to write oral Torah. But before that, was forbidden. So even Sidurim, didn't have Sidurim, was forbidden to write them. So what happens if you have some scroll with the Shmona Esre or some amulets? We spoke a lot about amulets. So Abal Pishesh Baim Oisios Shelishem Umina Nois Arbe Shel Shabatura, although they contain letters of Hashem's names in the cameos, in the amulets, and also they might have some uh, Torah writings over there, some Sukim. In Matsilinzam Ibnaka, nevertheless, we are not permitted on Shabbos to say them from a fire. Ela Nisrafim in Kumam, rather you have to leave them over there, and if the house is burning, they're also going to burn with the house. Hen ask hen, they ask hen, they together with their divine names. So therefore, Mikanamru, from here the sages said, Koisve brachois, kesoyr Those, in those days, that great blessings, uh, even kemias, are comparable to those who burn a Torah. Because if the house is going to catch fire on Shabbos, they're causing indirectly to all these to be also burnt. And my Sebechan, the Gemara tells us, the Bryce tells a story. There was one person, that he was uh, writing these blessings in the city of Sidon. And they came and told Rabbi Ishmael what this guy was doing. So Rabbi Ishmael went to take a look if it was truth or not. As Rabbi Shmuel was ascending on the ladder to this man's place, this guy sensed that Rabbi Shmuel was coming. So, Natal Toimos Shel Brachos 
Ushkana Besevel Shilmayim. He took a whole packet of these blessings and he threw them into a bowl of water to raise them. When Rabbi Shmuel found out what happened over there, he told him, Gadol Oynish Achar Minarishon is greater the sin, the punishment of what you did in the second thing by destroying the blessings by throwing them on the water with your hands, that is even worse than of the former of writing them down. Okay, let's move on. The Reshgalusa, the Exilarch, asked Rabbi Baravune, These are different types of inks. They are not as strong as the one we use for Sifrei Torah. So you had any Psvarim of the Tanakh, could be even the Chumash, but they were written with either paint, red pigment, gum, or copper sulfate. But they were written in Belashon HaKadosh, but they were written in Hebrew. Matzilin Samibne Adleika, or ain't Matzilin? If there's a fire, can you say them or not? And he continued with the question, you might ask, even according to the one that says, you might save translations, which was and you can also inquire according to the one Rabuna that says you might not save them. Let's go back first to Rabuna. The one says that you don't save translations. Maybe according to Rabuna, you cannot save from a fire when the skulls are written in Aramaic or any other foreign language because you are not permitted to do that. But uh, but over here, when they're written in Hebrew, that is for sure permitted, even though it's not in a stronger ink, you definitely should save them. Or maybe even the other way around, the other opposite, even according to Rav Hisa, the one that says in translations you can save them, maybe only when there's scrolls, even though in other language, but they were written in black ink, that is going to last. But over here, in my question to you, that the paint or the pigment, etc., does not last as long as as long as the blanking. Maybe you don't you don't save them from a fire. That was the question. So Amarles, so Rabbi Barun answered to him, Eimatzilin. You're right. You cannot save them. But then the Rishgalusa asked back, the Rabbanunatanamatzilin. But Avnuna taught me in Abraisa that you do save them. So Amalek, so he said back to him, Oh, Itania Tanya, if Avnuna taught you Abraisa that it says that you can save them, so definitely you should save them. Look in the footnotes that the, the Rosh Galusa that knew the Abraisa, but he just wanted to be sure with Rabbi Barabuna. If that brisa is really Allah or maybe there's some challenges to the brisa, but it was accepted that even if it were written in different types of inks, those texts you should save them from the fire. So the Gemara asks, "My Tanya, so if the Rosh Galusa said it was a brisa, what is the brisa?" This is the following brisa: Ein bein Sfarim There's no difference between the Allahot the 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 laws, the regulations of any books of the Tanakh, 
and those of the Megillah Sester, we have to be a little bit more machmir, the books of the Tanakh may be written in any other language. The Megillah has to be written in Ashuris, which is Hebrew, on a parchment, and has to be with black, black, black ink. From, from the fact that the price at least black ink as one of the differences between the Megillah and other books of the Tanakh. So you can infer from that that other books might also be written even without paint, even without uh, black ink, which is just paint or pigment or gum or this sulfite uh, of a copper. And since it's legal to write other books in those uh, inferior type of, of inks, so therefore you have to save them from a fire on Shabbos. Okay? Another question. Sefer Torah Sheinbo Lelaket So the new topic we're going to start, and the Gemara is going to continue on that tomorrow, a very nice thing. Go, please move to the next page, if you have the scroll, and look in the page B3, in the bottom right, they have over there a square uh, <clears throat> with the two psukim that actually <clears throat> we read a couple of weeks ago, Parashas Valoizha, that is famous, and that's going to be the topic of today and tomorrow, that there are two psukim that they are like in parentheses. But these parentheses are mamish in the Sefer Torah, that is two letter nuns written from up down and from left to right. Mamish double inverse. And if you count the letters of those two psukim is 85 letters. So we're going to see, based on that, the Chachamim learned that the minimum amount for a Sefer Torah to still retain its Kedusha is 85 letters. So let's say you have a shul that the letters of the Sefer Torah already went faint. You can hardly see them. We're going to see just now in the Alaha, as long as you have 85 letters, and we're going to see soon the Gemara in which criteria, as long as you have 85 letters, they're still okay, then the Sefer Torah is still valid, and you can redo the whole thing. And again, they take the number 85 because of these 85 letters in this diagram, in this Tupsukim. <clears throat> so let's go back to the page B B2. So, Rabuna Bar Chalub asked Rav Nachman, Sefer Torah Shemba Lelaket Elashmanim Lechamashos. If you have a Torah scroll, which there is not sufficient writing to gather 85 letters, meaning to say that most of the greeting in the Sefer is already raised, and the number intact of the letters in words scattered all the, the Torah doesn't even come to 85. And he gives an example, Kegon Parashas Vayibin Soaron, that the number of the letters, as I just showed you in the section of Be'ibin Soaron in those two psukim. So the question is, Matzilin or Samim Neadek or Matzilin? This Torah doesn't even have 85 letters, they're still okay. Can you save it? Should you save it from a fire on Shabbos or not? Omar <coughs> Law, he said, Gufa. <coughs> 
Why do, why do you inquire about the complete Torah scroll? Inquire even just these two psukim, the one we just saw. Whether you might save the parmesh containing only that section alone, a lot, uh, alone or not. So he answered to him, Where this section that we just saw, those two psukim, is missing a letter? Have no question that you have to save it. Why? They came on this way as Koros, since in those two psukim, you have twice, two we have two times the name of Hashem. Even if you don't have 85 letters, you have to say them because even only one name of Hashem, even if the entire Sefer Torah is erased, but there's only one time they have one name of Hashem that's still intact, for sure you have to save the Sefer Torah, not to lend them the, the, the name of Hashem to get burned. That's for sure. When do I have a question? Sefer Torah shame bolelaket. In the case, in the Torah scroll, there's not even sufficient. First of all, there's no divine names, and therefore that's why that, uh, that there wouldn't be a, a issue. But there's not even 24, 85 letters together all together. So that is my question. So Rabuna Bar Chalub. No, so. Rav Nachman answered to Rabbi Bar you cannot save it. Again, if you have a Sefer Torah that all the letters got erased, including every single name of Hashem of the Sefer Torah got erased, and you have less than 85 letters that are intact, you don't save it. The Gemara is going to challenge this. says in the Brisa, Targum Sheikh Gosvoy Mikra. If there was a passage either in the Humash, soon the Gemara is going to bring where in the Humash you find something in Aramaic, or in the Tanakh, which also the Gemara is about to tell us where. So again, it says in the Braisa, an Aramaic passage in the Tanakh, but somebody wrote it in Hebrew. Or the other way around. A passage that should have been in Hebrew, and one wrote it in Aramaic, Bexas Ivri, or a passage that was written in the correct language, but using the Ivri script. We spoke about it previously. The one, the old Hebrew before Ezra, before the one we use today. Nevertheless, as the Brisa Matzilim like you might save it from a fire. And then continues the Brisa, Ben Lomar. And it's needless to say that also you have to save whether it's a Pasuk in, in, in Aramaic of Ezra. Yeah, Ezra, big chunks of Ezra are in Aramaic, or Daniel, also many parts of Daniel are in Aramaic, and the Gemara is about to bring once in the Chumash, there's also in Aramaic. Also, also that you have to save. So he continues with the challenge. So where do you find a case in the Chumash that is was written Aramaic in the two words Yegar Sadusa? When Yaakov made a covenant with Laban, so 
eh, they made over there like a monument and Laban called it Yegar Sadusa and he's greeting over there in Parshas Vayetze eh, at the very end that they called it Yegar Sadusa in Aramaic so says Rav Huna Barhalafta Barhalub I'm sorry so the Bryce is telling you that if you have a scroll, that the only thing in that scroll is two words in Aramaic, you still save it. <laughs> and, and those two words, Yegar Sadusa, they don't have 85 letters. So you see that even though a parchment doesn't have 85 letters, you still have to save it. Say Rav Nachman, no, kitane ahi leashlim. No, the b'risa that says that even Aramaic count was not in, in, in regard to completing the quote of 85. Meaning to say, we're dealing with a scroll that had exactly 85 letters altogether, but only 80, as an example, were in Hebrew. But you had that verse, Yegar Sadusa, with more than five. So there was room to think those don't count because they're not in Hebrew. So the Bryce is telling you that they do count. So if you have 80 in Hebrew and more than five or more, even in Aramaic, then you have to save the Sefer Torah. But less than 85 letters, you don't save it if there's no name of Hashem that is written explicitly. If I leave, just to finish today, without Hashem, this number, every five letters, um, they have to be together in order to save the scroll, or even they, if they are scattered. Again, an argument to Rabuna and Rabchiza. According to Rabuna, they have to be together. And according to Rabchiza, he's always the lenient opinion. Even if they are scatter, scattered, you still save the scroll. Maybe we're going to challenge this from the following Ibraisa. Sefer Torah Shebala. In regard to a scroll that already became worn. In Yesh Bole Laket, Shmanim Oisios. It is within it uh, enough to gather 85 letters. <coughs> They're still intact. Kegon, Parashas, Vein, As for example, these two sections <coughs> that we saw down there in the picture, in those two verses, that says, and when they are with a journey, so then says the Brisa Matilin, then you might save it from the fire on Shabbos. But if not, you, you, you cannot save it. From, so says uh, the Gemara, from the fact that the Brisa is the words, Together, it implied that the letters are scattered throughout the scroll. So this proves Rav Hiza. And yet the Bryce says, you save them, say from the fire as long as 85 letters. So Tiyufta Drabuna, this is a refutation against Rabuna. So the Gemara thinking about Rav Hiza, Aliva Drabuna. No, that's not even a, that's not a kasha. Even Rav Hiza is going to offer an answer to his competitor, to his person opposing his opinion. Rabuna, and he said this writer is referring to the table is when the gathering of whole words. 
So what it means is that if you have in words that you can put together the words, you have 85, then it's okay. But if not, then according to Ravuna, you wouldn't save it. Just le let's end up one more paragraph and go just two more lines in the next side of the page. So turn the banner. It was taught in the Braisa. These two verses, Vivian so Aaron, Vayomer Moshe, and when the ark would journey, Moshe, Moshe would say, So says Tanakama Parashazu, Asalakalush Baruchu, Simanios Milimano Milimata. Hashem made for it signs above and below, meaning to say he placed markings just at the beginning of it and at the end of it. Lomar, to teach. So look in the footnotes that the Minag already for centuries is to put these two letter nuns, but the Marshal, which is a very big important rabbi of half years ago, disagrees, and according to him, we shouldn't put those nuns over there. But the Minag in our Sefer Torahs, they do have the two letter nuns over there. So according to Tanakama, why Loimar to teach Shein Semekoima, that is not his proper place. So it really, and they bring beautiful from the Rabbeinu Mechaye, that the letter Nun has a gematria of 50. So the real place where these two psukim should be 50 paragraphs beforehand in Parashas Bamidbar. Look in the footnotes why. Now, if they, if, if they really belonged over there, and that's letter Nun 50, 50 paragraphs beforehand, why Hashem wrote them over here? That's going to be for tomorrow, because Hashem just the next uh, paragraph of the Gemara will leave that for tomorrow. But that is Tanakama. And according to Rabino, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi Omer, Lo Hashem Uze. No, that's not the reason why they have these signs over there. But according to Rabbi, this is a book on its own. According to Rabbi, there's no Hamishach Mushay Torah, who knows fives of, of the Agada. According to Rabbi, there are seven. Because, yeah, there are seven. There are the Hamishach Mushay Torah, but one of them, Bamidbar, is split into two, the beginning and the end. So it's really already six. And these two verses, is a seven on its own, it's already seven. So that is going to be the topic for tomorrow.